Well, good morning, all. It's uh, great to see you all. And for those who are visiting us, it's great to see Hope Sisters. You're really welcome here. So we're continuing uh, our series. We're going through the Gospel of John together. Uh, last week, uh, we began looking at John chapter 12. So we're going to continue this week uh, from verse 12 to verse 19. Uh, if you've got Bibles, feel free to open them up and follow along. It should be coming up on the screen. John 12, verses 12 to 19. So it says this. It says, The next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast, that's the feast of Passover, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, that is when Jesus rose from the dead, when Jesus ascended into heaven, when he was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. The crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they heard he had done this sign. So the Pharisees said to one another, you see, you're gaining nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So this is a familiar story for many of us. So you may have heard it called Palm Sunday or the triumphal entry, the, the moment where Jesus uh, enters Jerusalem on a donkey's colt. A colt means a young donkey a young male donkey, and it hasn't been castrated. So that's what G Jesus walks in on this young donkey, and it's called Palm Sunday, or the triumphal entry. And it took place during the feast of Passover. Many people would have come from all over Israel and surrounding nations. They would have come and gathered in Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem. It would have been heaving with tens of thousands of people. You imagine last week, what, what the, the Eurovision Song Contest in, in Liverpool, absolutely heaving full of people. They've come to celebrate and remember the time where God delivered the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. The Israelites were slaves in Egypt for 400 years. And then, through Moses, God led them out. And so... Passover was a feast of celebration and remembrance. And that's why all these people had, had gathered in Jerusalem. And then at this moment where all these people are coming in, there's an influx of people just two miles outside of Jerusalem, Jesus has performed an unbelievable miracle. He has raised someone from death. Jesus has brought somebody back to life and his name was Lazarus. It says that there were many witnesses to Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. And those witnesses, they'd gone into Jerusalem and they began telling everybody what they've seen. 
Lazarus was dead four days. There was absolutely no doubt this man was dead. And there was absolutely no doubt that Jesus had raised this man from death. They'd seen it with their own eyes. They watched the moment where Jesus tells them to move the stone from the tomb, where Jesus speaks out, Lazarus come forth, and Lazarus walks out in his grave clothes. And so the, the word is spreading. And it was the perfect moment because Jerusalem was heaving full of people. We'll find out next week. It's no accident that Jesus chose this moment to perform that miracle. To, to, to perform this public miracle. Up until now, he'd been avoiding the Pharisees. He'd been avoiding them. He kept saying, it's not my time. It's not my time. And suddenly we see, now is the time. Now is the moment. So Jesus performs this amazing miracle and the witnesses, they go out and it begins to spread in Jerusalem. Now understand, the spirits of the people were high. It's Passover. This is a day of celebration. It's a, it's, it's a feast, sorry, a, a week of celebration. Remembering how God has set their people free. Spirits are high and they're full of hope. And then they hear about this amazing miracle. Now the other thing you need to remember is that they are under Roman rule. Okay, they've got the enemies there right on their doorstep. The Romans are in charge. And their hope and their prayer is that God would deliver them from the hand of the Romans. They want the Romans out. They don't want to be under them anymore, following their rules, giving them all their taxes. They don't want that. They want the Romans out. So it's Passover. They remember the time God set them free uh, once before. They want it again. And then they hear about this man with unrivaled power. Jesus of Nazareth. And it says, it goes on to say, so they took branches of palm trees and they went out to meet him. So they heard the word has, had come to them. He's coming to Jerusalem. And so this great crowd of people, they go out to meet him on the way. And on the way, they take palm branches with them to meet him. And it says that when they meet him, they were crying out, Hosanna. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. This, this Hosanna, this thing they were crying out, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, is taken directly from a psalm. And that psalm is Psalm 118. We'll try and get it up for you, but if, if we can't, just listen to this. this. This is what it says. Psalm 118, verse 25. It says, Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we will bless you. Lord, save us. That word is Hosanna. Hosanna literally means, Lord, save us. Now, I want, I want you to, I want to note two things. I want you to hold these two things in your mind. Okay, as you picture this, this unfolding, the people literally grabbing palm branches off of the trees all right and taking them and screaming this hosanna keep these two things in your mind number one this psalm was part of something called a hallel now during the feasts the people of israel they would gather like us right now and they would sing together they would chant together and they would go through the psalms 113 to 118 our psalm today and when they got to this point lord save us hosanna what they would do they would wave some branches in the air and those branches were made up of four types of branches, one of which was a palm branch. 
So they're chanting this together. They're remembering the Passover. They're remembering where God set them free. They get to this psalm. Hosanna, they scream. They wave the branches. Keep that in your mind. This is deeply rooted in their culture and in their religious tradition and in their remembrance of God. The second thing I want you to remember is the Maccabees. I've spoken about the Maccabees before. All right, 164 years before Jesus. All right, 164 years before Jesus. This, this won't be in your Protestant Bibles, but it's in the history. 164 years before that, the Syrians, they conquered Jerusalem and they defiled the temple. It was so bad, unlike the Roman rule, look, the Romans, they said, look, you can carry on practicing your traditions and all your, your religion and that. But the Syrians, they said, no, you, not, not a word. You don't get to read scripture publicly. You don't get to practice your feast. You can't even circumcise your boys. You do not get to be Jewish anymore. And this guy called Judas Maccabeus, he led a, an army of rebels and they got back the temple and they rededicated it to the Lord. And when they got the temple back, when they overthrew the Syrians, they took palm branches and they began to pro like pro parade around the city of Jerusalem and they're waving these palm branches because they'd, they'd got back the temple for their God. So this, this palm branch, this was a symbol for the people of Israel. This was a symbol of hope. This was a symbol of salvation. This was a symbol of freedom. So for us, I want you to imagine the poppy. See how the poppy for us is a symbol of something. We remember the lives given. We remember the lives lost for our freedom. This has become a symbol for our people. Likewise, the palm branch was a symbol for the people of God. So Jesus comes riding in during the Passover. They're under Roman rule. They start cutting palm branches off the tree. What do they think is going to happen? They think this is it. Jesus is going to come and overthrow the Romans. Jesus has come to start war and we're in. Let's go, Jesus. Let's take out the Romans. Let's get back our promised land. See, they, they wanted to become a military force once again. But what does Jesus do? It says, Jesus, verse 14, he found a young donkey and he sat on it, just as it's written. Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. He comes in riding on a donkey. Now, well, now it says that he did this to fulfill a prophecy, a prophecy that was over 500 years before Jesus was even born. 500 years in the making. God said, it's in, it's in Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 9. I'm going to read it out. Verse, verse 9. It says, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you. Your king comes to you. Righteous and victorious, lowly, and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. I will take away chariots from Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem, and the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations. His rule will extend from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. Your king comes to you lowly and riding on a donkey and he 
will proclaim peace to all the nations. You would expect the king to ride in on a great stallion, a great steed of a horse, a great warrior king that would come and overthrow the Romans. That's what they expected. But he came in on a donkey. And it says he came in on a donkey because he came to proclaim peace, not war. He, he came to proclaim mercy, not vengeance. Our King Jesus that came in, victorious, it says, righteous, it says, came in lowly and riding on a donkey. You see, donkeys, they were servant animals. They were used to serve. They were used to work. Our Lord was a servant king. Donkeys, they carried heavy loads. Very heavy loads. Our Lord Jesus, he carries a load of our burdens, doesn't he? He carries the weight of our sin. He said he came for peace. So he was the, the fulfilled promised king. 500 years they said, your king will come on a donkey. Here Jesus comes on a donkey. But did they see it? Did they recognize who this was? Verse 16, his disciples did not understand these things at first. They didn't understand. See, they were so caught up in this idea of salvation, which was just getting rid of the Romans, that they couldn't even see that Jesus was the prophesied Messiah. As prophesied in Zechariah, he literally came in, as he said he was, riding on a donkey, and they missed it. But when Jesus ascended, when he was glorified, it says that these things became clear to them. I want to take you to Luke's account of this story, right? Luke chapter 19. This moment where they come, Jesus comes in on a donkey and everybody's screaming, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He said, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. That's verse 38, chapter 19, verse 38, if you're following. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd, they said to, to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Rebuke them for saying Hosanna to you. Rebuke them for calling you the king. What does Jesus say? He says, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. I love that. You see, these stones, they know who their maker is. Creation knows who its creator is. That's why when, when Jesus spoke to the, to the wind and he said, be still, the wind went still. He said, if, if these humans, if these people you tell to be silent are silent, the rock will do their job for them. The stones will do their job for them. See, the king of creation was here. The king of creation of the universe was processing through Jerusalem on a donkey. And so it was befitting for creation to worship, to cry out, to sing. You know, we have the breath of God in us. You and I, we have the breath of God in us. We 
were created to worship. We were made to cry out, Hosanna. But if we don't do it, we humans, the pinnacle of God's creation, if we don't do it, Jesus says the very stones will cry out because they know who their maker is. They obey the Son of Man. It cannot be stopped. The praise of my name, Jesus, it cannot be stopped. So no, I will not rebuke them. They are right to call me king, even if they do not understand. And it goes on, I'm staying in Luke. It goes on, as Jesus drew near to the city, it says in verse 41, it says Jesus wept over the city of Jerusalem. After coming on a donkey, he says he wept. Saying, would, would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you. And they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. Okay, he looks over at Jerusalem and he cries for them. He, 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 would, would you, even you, Jerusalem, had not known on this day the things that make for peace. The things that would make for peace between God and man. Between God and man. Because the Bible says that in our sins we're enemies of God. As you celebrate the Passover, as you remember where God said, kill a lamb, put the blood around your frames, and the angel of death will pass over your house that you might be passed over, and I will set you free. You remember that. But if you knew what would make for peace, if you knew what was required for us, me and you, sitting here today, to have peace with God, he weeps over them. He says, you, you just don't see. You do not know the extent of what is required to make peace between God and man. Later on that week, tens of thousands of people would slaughter a lamb and eat it to remember that God passed over their sin. He said, Jesus, as he speaks of, as he thinks of not knowing what it makes of peace, he will be the lamb that will be slaughtered. His blood would be spilled that their sins might be passed over. Yes. Yes, Hosanna. Yes, indeed. Your salvation is here. But I've, I've not come to save you from the Romans. I've come to save you from a greater enemy. I've come to save you from Satan. I've come to save you from sin and death. I've come to save you from the wrath of God. To make peace between God and man. Just as the Israelites were saved from slavery in Egypt, I'm going to save you from slavery to sin. And I'm going to release you from its power by the spilling of my blood. I am the Passover lamb. The wages of sin, brothers and sisters, is death. 
Jesus came to give us eternal life. Jesus came to set us free from the bondage of sin. You see that sin that you're so powerless to fight against? Jesus came to set you free. To set us free from the bondage of sin because of the Holy Spirit that dwells in you now. You have the power to live a life of obedience to God. Jesus came to conquer so much more than the Romans. You think Jesus says that when he was hanging on the cross, I just, I can't, I wouldn't be able to call down angel armies to fight on my behalf. My kingdom is not of this kingdom. You think the Romans were a problem for Jesus? He's got bigger fish to fry. Sin, death, Satan, vanquished. The Passover lamb hung on the cross for us. And then on the third day, he rose again. So Jesus, as he weeps, he says, would that you even knew had known on this day the things that make for peace. If you really knew, he cried. But I asked you this morning, I asked us sitting here, do you know the things that make for peace? When we eat the bread and we drink the cup, we too, we share in Passover. But we have a better Passover. We have a better Passover, Jesus' Passover, when his blood was spilled to cover me and you for the forgiveness of our sins, that the wrath of God would pass over us. The perfect, spotless lamb, Jesus Christ, who lived a life without sin, who fulfilled the righteousness and the just requirement of the law, he died on the cross. He was a perfect sacrifice and our sins are covered completely. We're free from the bondage of sin, me and you. Those of us that put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, what does that mean? It means repentance. It means turning from a life of sin. It means running towards Jesus. Leaving our life of sin behind and saying, Jesus, it's you I'm putting my trust in. It's your blood I'm putting my trust in. And we walk in freedom because of the blood of the Lamb. We follow Jesus out of slavery to sin, just as the Israelites followed God and Moses out of Egypt into the promised land. And for us, that's communion with God, that's eternal life, that's all the treasures of heaven, and that is freedom now. Walk in it. Walk in it. So I want to I end with this. Psalm 118, verse 25 to 29. We're going to read it. I'm going to read it to you. And then we're going to pray. Save us, we pray. Hosanna, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God. And he has made his light to shine upon us. Bind the festal sacrifice with cords up to the thorns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, and I will extol you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We hail you as king. You are our salvation. Hosanna.
Thank you, Jesus, for coming. Thank you, Lord, for making peace between yourself and us. Lord, we are not worthy. Lord, our sins were too much. But your grace, your love was even greater. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying on the cross for our sins. Thank you, Lord, for your precious blood. Lord, make us new, we pray. I pray for all of us, Lord, that we would walk in the freedom that you have bought for us, Lord. We are no longer slaves to sin. Lord, I pray by your Holy Spirit, you would empower each one of us to know that we are no longer slaves. Lord, it's hard. It's hard when we've lived lives in certain patterns, Lord. We, before we come to know you, Jesus, we lived sinful lives. And Lord, we need to grow out of that. We need to change. We need to put on our new selves. Lord, would you help us and teach us? Lord, I pray by your Holy Spirit, you would move among us that we would be holy as you are holy. And that like these disciples that saw the great miracle of you raising Lazarus from the dead, Lord, would you, and, and they went and told everyone, Lord, would you give us the, the boldness and the joy to share your good news with those around us? Thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are and what you did. In Jesus' name, amen.